0: Hi friends, welcome back to The Process of Being. I'm your host, Carolyn Mondin. Um, episode three, and if you tuned into last week's episode, you know I'm doing a series of seven, seven episodes to promote my upcoming book, Love Yourself First, Seven Steps to Healing and Finding You. And today we're focusing on step two of the book, chapter two, which is I Am Willing to Change. Last week we talked about I am honest with myself, and so step two is be willing to change. Um, yes, I am ready to heal. So that's that's the title for chapter two, step two. But before I delve into the to the episodes and content of chapter two, I wanted to take a minute to just introduce myself really quickly for those of you who haven't. To find my podcast and don't know anything about me, I am Carolyn Munden of Holistic Spirit Healer. That's my website, holisticspirithealer.com. I am a spiritual teacher and healer, intuitive healer. And what that means to me, um, because my son asked me that today, and what I told him is is that I am, by the beautiful gift of God, able to help people sort of transform their energy, assist them in transforming their energy, um, I think the title healer weighs heavy um, because I think sometimes people think that that means that I do all the work and it's not. I am just a guide and I like to call myself just a spirit guide here on earth, helping those who are looking for assistance and change and igniting their true passion and living from a soul perspective, um, reach that. And the one of the ways that I do that is by doing the work myself I've been on my journey for six years now and I've been practicing and what I mean by that a practitioner is helping others get into the practice of living from their souls now for three years I like to think that I ignite people's heart center and help them live the life of their dreams and when I say that I mean the life from that which our soul pulls us that desire deep within our souls um I just have that good fortune to have found that and to then make it my life's work at least for now. I don't know how things will turn out later. And from the work in the last 3 years, really from the last 6 years, I was able to write this book, Love Yourself First, because what I've learned on my spiritual journey is that without inner love, without inner peace, nothing we desire will come to fruition in its entirety and in its um and beautifully blossom into the life that we've always envisioned for ourselves without the foundation of self-love so I had no I have many more books in me but this one felt right as the one to start with and seemed like the easiest one to explain self-love is everything without that we can't be the change that we envision or see for ourselves or even the world because as I explained to my son who's 13 my six-year-old doesn't get it just yet like we have to be that which we want to see different in the world I don't have to convince others of it I just have to be the example I say this all the time I am only an example of the change that I would like to see around me but first I have to embody it I have to model it and I whatever the work it is that i do and i have done is what i help and assist others in finding the path of their own that they're comfortable with so with that <laughs> i'll get in to step two title again of step two is be willing to change we talked about being honest honest is when i talked about last week if you heard last week's episode um, be honest about where you are once we can be honest and identify where the troubles are, where we're not showing up authentically and fully as ourselves, where we're creating some of the mass in our lives. Step two is, okay, now that I see it, now that I'm honest about it, am I willing to do something about it? And that's where the healing comes in. Like I said, I, there there are people come to me for so many reasons. Um, the one I get the most in the last three years are people wanting to figure out why the life that they want, the dreams, the life they see for themselves um, hasn't happened and what's keeping them from that. And if we are living in any kind of fear, um, if there's any parts of us that's fragmented, that isn't whole, that we're ashamed of, that we're guilty of, if there is no healing, that big vision that we see for ourselves can't fully come to life because there's a rocky foundation. So for me, everything starts with healing, not because I think people are broken. is that we fully first have to understand ourselves before we can really make any changes. That is, be honest and then be willing to do something about where there's a lack, um, where there is pieces of yourself that haven't been made whole. So in the the healing process there has to be a willingness and that's the hardest part because you can identify where you're missing the mark but then not willing to do anything about it. Um, so finding the courage to say, okay, okay, here is where I am contributing to the mess in my life and here is where I'm now going to take responsibility is what all step two is about. Because people can recognize where they are missing the mark and not being the best selves, but we'll come up with all kinds of excuses not to do the work to change. Healing is a choice. How we see ourselves is how we see the world. If you identify with the victim story in your head, you will then see everyone as a predator, as someone who is here to contribute in a negative way to that victim story, to the way you see yourself. If you see yourself as somebody who's constantly misunderstood, then that is how you're going to see everyone that comes into your life. And we can try. I know because this a lot of the steps. In fact, all of the steps are there. Pieces of my story in it, so that I'm explaining it from the perspective of how I healed myself. I was a victim of thinking that. Um, because I lacked self-worth, that everyone saw that in me. And the truth was the opposite. People saw things in me that I couldn't see in me. It wasn't until I started to fully just take responsibility for how I was contributing to the tiny messes, is what I call them, all over my life, where my insecurities were getting the best of me and creating drama where there didn't need to be any. Um, until I took responsibility for that, nothing it was changing for me. In fact, I was just creating a cycle of messes everywhere I went personal and professional life. I just wasn't showing up as my best self, and I blamed others, everyone around me. We have a tendency of doing that. We avoid taking responsibility for ourselves because it's hard. Again, there has to be a willingness to face yourself and say, okay, I'm going to change now. I'm going to take responsibility for the places in my life where I'm uncomfortable, where I don't feel okay. The things that keep me up at night aren't something people are doing to me. Peace, happiness, love all come from within. And if we're not willing to give that to ourselves, we can't expect someone else to give it to us on on any area. Not, Not our children, not our bosses, not our spouses, not... Not even our parents. Honestly, at some point in our lives, we have to take responsibility for the what they didn't give us. So, a huge part of my victim story was my parents, was my mother, and my grandparents who I, I who raised me and who I grew up with. Um, I felt an unworthiness because they were so focused on survival that they didn't give me what I needed, and then that became my story. Well. I didn't do well in school and I didn't succeed the way that I wanted to and therefore I'm no good at my job and people can see it nobody can see it nobody noticed it was a story running in my head all the time that I created again these scenarios everywhere that I went because I was insecure that I didn't have the education that my peers has that I felt that I was reaching for things that were beyond my sort of status in life but I wanted them anyway and then when i got them i would then self sabotage and destroy every ounce of like my credibility or grit or whatever got me to the table because i became immediately i felt unworthy of whatever steps forward that forward i was taking and i would blame bosses um colleagues you know and this story ran into my personal life as well and you'll read about it in the book i won't talk a lot about a lot about that but I just was so insecure with my life that I sort of pushed everybody away. And it wasn't until I was finally honest that it was me, that the common denominator and everything was me, then came the hard work of, okay, where do I change? And the first thing was that I had to now not identify with the victim inside of me. Um, I've recognized that the victim story was my armor. I was afraid to see the parts of me that felt broken and afraid um, that I wasn't showing up in the way that others were, that I didn't have what others had. Um, Again, creating stories that didn't exist because I had no idea. I was so consumed with my own thoughts, with my own identification, with being the victim and always being wronged and no one understanding me that I never really got to know anybody. So I had no idea what other people were processing or thinking about because when you're identifying just with yourself, just with the thoughts in your head, just with that, there's no room for anybody else. You can't even see how no one is actually doing anything to you. You're actually creating these scenarios for yourself. I mean, because even if anybody is thinking or doing anything, no one's entitled to your peace. So when you, the, the peace is disrupted, it's on you. You're giving it away. You are now allowing things around you to throw you off balance. So the willingness is to say, okay, this part of my life isn't working anymore, and it's nobody's fault. It's my responsibility. I can change this. Um, healing is a choice, staying the victim of your life with, and it doesn't matter which relationship it is, whether it's parents, whether it's spouses, um, significant others in, in work environment, being the victim of whatever those circumstances are is a choice. It isn't actually, nothing is actually happening to us. We are choosing to live in that reality that we've created in our head. Everything can be changed, and this is the empowerment piece. I show my clients that nothing has to sit. These are thoughts, and thoughts can be changed. So the willingness is to change the story, is to not be the victim anymore, is to not see life as this pit of despair and that all things are happening to get the better of you. In fact, what I know for sure that everything is happening for me even the toughest things even the challenging times in my life is happening for me for my healing for my learning for my discovery of self how we feel is our responsibility to be willing to see things differently is healing and that's the first step be willing to change the story be willing to see yourself differently. And it takes time. All of this, like I said, I'm a practitioner because I teach people how to put this into practice. When you have, and for and for most people, the thoughts are reoccurring. I've talked about this before in my YouTube channel and some lives that I've done, and that we all have a set of words or um, a re- it's like a record playing. It's something that our mind goes to immediately Um, when we start to get down, we start to doubt ourselves, we start to feel unloved. For me, it was, um, who do you think you are? And that who do you think you are encompasses you're not enough, you're not worthy, no one loves you, Um, who do you think you are to get yourself out of that circumstance? So the voice in my head wanted me to move forward, but also reminded me all the time that I wasn't worthy of moving forward. (laughs) So at some point... I had to release that. I had to release the idea. Well, not the idea, the thoughts in my head. I had to release the identification with those thoughts. Those thoughts now I recognize were crazy because in one breath it would tell me, you can do better, you can be better, you can change your circumstances. And then once I started to move in that direction, it would say, who do you think you are? To go there. And that's fear. That's fear. So we're either, we're choosing fear or we're choosing love. Love, I discovered later in the healing process was the small whisper inside of me and my heart center that told me you can't change anything and you were perfect just as you are. We might have to smooth out the edges, but you're perfect to move forward in any direction that you want. I could never hear that small, still voice because the voice in my head was so loud because what I've identified with for so many years it was normal it was my conditioning it there was in my mind there was nothing else the other voice was something crazy i didn't trust it i only trusted the harsh voice in my head i needed to flip that so what i would do and this is just one practice i'm going to share with you guys and i've shared this if you're my client you've heard this before whenever the voice in my head would start um with who do you think you are and what are people going to think i would immediately before letting the thoughts run wild, i would immediately tell myself not today today i will be gentle today i will be kind and leave it at that and then focus on something else and for me the focus was either meditation yoga work um or reading so i always Rather than allow myself to go down that, that rabbit hole or be taken up by the wave of, of the thoughts, I would just focus my attention on something else. Reminding myself, becoming aware that those thoughts could be changed and that it was going to take practice to change those thoughts. So fear thoughts are repetitive and reoccurring whenever we're about to do something courageous, whenever we're about to move out of our circumstances. It wants to yank us back to remind us that we have to live in fear, that fear is where we're comfortable, that fear is where we know. And so um, I remember telling myself in the beginning, and just the practice, getting in the practice of not today, and also I choose love instead of this. Because those words, the thoughts... Of fear, which we identify so heavily, are not love. They're not there to protect us, um, in the way that we think. They keep us from moving forward, and keep us from true healing and getting to know who we really are. Those thoughts are not who we are. Another, so I told you about guys, my my awakening story. Just really quickly, was that I did a ten day juice cleanse. And, um, the first four days were awful, terrible detox. It was a detox for a reason, because I was cleansing my system of all things that were not good for me. And I had no idea at the time they weren't good for me. All I wanted to do was lose weight. And the story is in the book, it's in chapter two. Um, and then there's a whole, Backstory to this, but I'll just tell you that after the fourth day on the day five in the afternoon After my body sort of got settled and it was like, oh Okay, so I'm not eating it started to get comfortable It's the fifth day of the fast so that my body started to say, okay, okay. I think I like this Okay, this is what we're doing. It was no longer mad at me for not eating. It was accepting that it was that I was not eating and what that did for me on day five was that I had a, a complete, like, I want to say it was 60 seconds, but I really think it was just 30 seconds of a moment of clarity that I've never had in my whole life. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. I remember it so clearly because that's when my life changed. That's when the noise in my head went away, when I can see everything and its brightest, including myself. But not only could I see the trees and the sky, it was a January day and it was nice and sunny here in Atlanta. And i can see the colors they were vibrant but i sort of could witness myself outside of the thoughts and it only lasted a few seconds but in those few seconds i saw i was more than the story in my head and not only was i more there was more to experience of life in life than the stories in my head and from that moment forward i wanted more of that this was 30 seconds, a moment, quick moment of pure peace and clarity, but I never forgot it, and it was the true awareness, true awakening that I needed to change my life. So what I thought was I was going to do this 10-day juice cleanse, lose some weight, and then I would feel okay again. It was more than that. I had a full-blown spiritual awakening on day five, and from then on, I became a prisoner of that. I wanted more of that and that was my yes to healing that was my willingness to change I just I got it it clicked I wanted peace the story in my head was heavy and it's what kept all the noise and it's what kept me you know wanting to escape distracting myself with meeting with friends and drinking and eating and watching TV and eating and complaining and eating and fighting and eating. And <laughs> I had no idea how much of my life was consumed by food, which is why I had 34, gained all the weight after my daughter. And the cleanse was the perfect opening for me to see life from another perspective. Now, I didn't say the story to say that you should go out and do a cleanse and that's what you need, just to share how I got there. But I really believe that this Moment of clarity can happen to anyone or really, honestly, you can just make the decision today that you're willing to see things differently and head down that path and find it for yourself. But that was my willingness. It was my yes, whatever that was, I want more of it. So part of step two, some points that I make in the book, some of the exercises are be willing to see your part in the problem whatever that may be now, be willing to see yourself differently. I had to go from wanting this career of mine to mean everything, give me purpose, give me fulfillment, give me the money I wanted, fill the void. I had to notice that that void was never going to be filled until I found worthiness for myself. So that was my willingness to see myself differently, to see that in fact, not only was this career not gonna make me whole, it was further depleting any goodness and anything that was helping me stay propped up. (laughs) It was not good for me and I needed to get away from it. It was actually toxic. It wasn't helping me, it was making me worse. So after the cleanse, about two months later, I decided that I could no longer stay in the career, turn my back after 10 years of politics, and just said no more. Um, But but my unwillingness to see myself differently kept me in a place far longer than I should have been in. I should have left way, it just wasn't working, and I couldn't see it because I just so desperately wanted something to validate me. And I was just, the, the expression barking up the wrong tree, and wondering why I was so exhausted another point is be mindful how you play the victim in your life be mindful of how you take every conversation every scenario every interaction to um, perpetuate the victim story in your head be mindful how sometimes you put yourself in situations where you're making the story true be mindful that every time you have a conversation how it shows up and then another point, there's so many more in the books, but another point is, why are you holding on to the victim story? Why is it so important? And for me, it was the absence of knowing who I was. Um, I, I write in chapter two that I had a list of what a good life was, and I was just concerned with checking things off the list. However, by the time I was 34, I I'd checked everything off the list and wondered a lot, why wasn't I happy? I kept waiting for this good life list to make me happy, but it wasn't. And I couldn't for the life of me understand. And now I understand that happiness doesn't come from the outside. Nothing will validate or make me whole. I have to find it within myself. Um, And so here are just to end the chapter, and hopefully you guys are interested in the book, but to end the talk, uh, these are a few affirmations. that I I, I I have affirmation and exercise in the books and here are a few. Um, the affirmation for this chapter is, I am ready to heal. Healing is a choice <laughs> um, and it has to be an honest choice and a deliberate choice, an intentional one that you are making every single day. It is a practice to heal to remind yourself that you don't want to continue the same old patterns that are keeping you stuck and feeling unloved and feeling unworthy. You have to make that choice every day. Um, At some point, I'm going to talk about, I've been married for 16 years with my husband, 18 years, that my marriage is a result of a choice we make every day, both of us, every single day. It isn't always going to work. Life and is always going to look the same. What I deemed as a good life at twenty four is not the same now at thirty nine. So, change is constant. It's making the choice that I am going to show up for myself, and as it relates to my marriage, that I am going to, you know, commit. But that commitment to myself, and commitment to my husband, and commitment to my family is one I literally make every day. And I don't see another way. It's a commitment we have to make. Um, so being ready and willing is a choice you have to make every day. And in the beginning, sometimes you have to make it every minute, every hour, every second um, to remind yourself of the path because life isn't easy. And I personally going to tell you that I don't like it when people make it seem like it is because it's not. And I think it's um, is false or or you're selling something that isn't real Um, because I can be happy today and not tomorrow and that doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It's just that's just life. (laughs) We are emotional beings who in order to fully be in the experience have to feel a ray of emotions and those emotions are not always great and because they're not great it doesn't mean that life isn't good. It's just what it is. It just is. It just is. So Part of it is, um, part of the healing process is, and I've said this part already, but start start with how you see yourself. See yourself as a work in progress. See yourself as um, the vision. Um, and if you can see the vision of the kind of life that you want, maybe the peace, maybe the stillness, maybe the happiness, the love, if you can see that, if you can see that, um, then you can that's the reminder you need for the practice and my apologies for the pause (laughs) I am never alone (laughs) is July 2020 and we're still